welcome to episode 446 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm your host, Clarence Moy, and I'm joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Megan, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg, or Twitter, formerly known as Twitter X, I guess. Sorry. It's, it will always be Twitter. It will always uh, be Twitter, yes. Joey. Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. So we put the Emmys to bed, guys. Emmys 2023, just in time for Emmys 2024. I'd say it's just going to start so, up in about another month or so. <laughs> so much that when we guys were, ta- we guys, when we were talking about doing the podcast, I was like, we didn't do a podcast last week. I was like, yeah, we did with the entire team. <laughs> I tried to block the end of the Emmys in my brain. It It is... Uh... It's it's a sad thing um, to see the, the you know the ratings and stuff like you know it just I, I don't know if people care about it the people who receive the awards but you know it's just kind of like Succession won all these awards and oh by the way it's the lowest rated ceremony ever in history by like a wide margin I'm just I just think people didn't know about it it was I it was, do think people didn't know because a lot of people told me like they knowing that I knew they were like. Oh, I didn't know the Emmys were last night and they were upset. Like, yeah. 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 But uh, we will be uh, returned to some sort of normalcy next um, and this year, 2024. Um, brief period <laughs> before the election. Anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, Fuck you. I get enough of that in my house. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, at some point, we do need to start looking more seriously at the uh, the 2024 television season and the, the Emmy season and trying to figure out how are they going to fill eight slots in the drama series? Because, you know, as Jalal reminded me when we were chatting recently, the performance categories are a sliding scale based on the number of nominees. So they can, you know, shrink those down to five nominees pretty easily. The series themselves are locked in at eight unless they're going to change the rules this year. So... They're going to have to find eight drama series somewhere because there's only like two that have aired that, uh, that are uh, in any danger of getting nominated. Hmm. Three, maybe. The Crown, oh. The Morning Show, and The Gilded Age. So, and But there's a ton of limited series coming up too. One of which we are talking about today in this week's podcast, which is True Detective uh, Night Country. So... Uh, last week, um, and recently we've been talking about Fargo. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about Fargo now that it just recently finished and talking about how this fifth season is an improvement in quality. And after a, a, a slight dip in previous seasons and night, Con- uh, excuse me, true detective. Um, I guess people haven't really thought of true detective in an extraordinarily positive light since season one, season three was a little bit better than received than season two. I think season two was just a, a dark, dark place. Um, so here on this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, season four, which is Night Country, the subtitle of Night Country, and talk about is this a return to glory like uh, um, Fargo season five has been for that series. Um, and then, of course, we will close everything with the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating the upcoming week. Sound good, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh Megan, why don't you orient us in the world of true detective night country? Sure. So 
True Detective Night Country it comes from, uh, we have a new showrunner. I think it's Issa Lopez. Um, and it is about, it takes place in Alaska right around the time where there is no daylight. Uh, I, which is one of the most disorienting things about the series. Um, that it's all night, all the time. But um, so it takes place in Alaska, uh, follows Liz Danvers, who's Jodie Foster, who, um, well, actually, it it's opens with uh, this kind of science, these bunch of scientists who are, have this little pod kind of up there, like a center where they do their studies and stuff, and then they all go missing. And, um, of course, we find out what happens to them at the end of the episode, but it's Chief Liz Danvers, Jodie Foster, who's there to investigate, along with uh, Evangeline Navarro, played by uh, Callie Rice, who is kind of this... They have some history where they don't want to work together, um, but they might have to work together. And she and and uh, Evangeline is obsessed with trying to figure out the death of... of um, Annie Kay of, of a woman who was murdered like maybe two years ago um, and trying to figure that out. Uh, there's a lot going on though. And especially in just two episodes, there's uh, yeah, a ton to dig into, but um, yeah, that's, that's basically, it's so, it's very moody, complete opposite of the first one, like still moody and creepy, like the first one, but like in terms of like, you could just feel the sweat and how hot it was in that, one, this one, you can feel how cold it is. And it's really so interesting. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, I loved how, um, I love the setting of Alaska. It's, you know, we, we've seen kind of the opposite of this in the uh, Christopher Nolan film Insomnia, where um, Al Pacino is, I think it's Al Pacino. And did mm -hmm. Christopher Nolan did direct that, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Okay. Um, where it's the constant daylight and so it right. causes hallucinations in him because it's sleep he can't sleep because it's it's constant daylight but i love this constant darkness true detective season one had that sense of dread but it was also the sense of dread that came in the broad daylight but here um you, you know there's there's it's just such an untapped uh resource for drama and for horror um I, I would i would say there are horror, horror elements here on display for so sure the oh, yeah. the opening scene reminded me a little bit of um the thing yeah, yeah i thought so too not that there's a you know disgusting creature running around we don't know what's going on um but there is i think there is something supernatural at play it opens it actually the first op the opening scene is a um someone is uh, an, an indigenous person is is hunting caribou and i think all of the caribou just like randomly decide they're going to go leap off the cliff i think oh yeah that's what they leapt to was their death um oh i didn't even realize or that. it's santa uh santa's sleigh auditions and they all failed i like that <laughs> i'm going with that caribou, caribou. uh where's your <laughs> that's a that's a joey will know what that's from uh you probably don't know that, Megan, because you probably don't watch Polar Express every single year, multiple times. No, I don't, but I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question, um, I am way in on this show. I uh, I love, first of all, I love Jodie Foster in it. I think oh, this, is, me too. this is a great, great Jodie Foster performance. And she makes it look so effortless. And she makes you, 
I don't know how she does this. She she's created a character who, or she is embodying a character, of course, created and written by Isa Lopez, um, where she is completely obnoxious the whole time. Yeah. She is a, a, a by all rights, a not very nice person. But for she some reason. She described herself as an Alaska Karen, which I think yeah, is Yeah, an Alaska Karen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but she draws you in. She pulls you in through her charisma. Um, something, you know, you obviously, when Jodie Foster comes and plays a police, an agent of the law, you think about. Clarice Starling, and there is mm-hmm. a, a world in which maybe, like, you could see this as a. It's obviously not Clarice Starling, but Clarice Starling has gotten tired of the FBI and has run away to Alaska and is is just trying to bury herself from the rest of the world. Um, one of the things that I love the most about this is it's very clear that Issa Lopez is inspired by uh, David Lynch and Twin Peaks because Ooh. this has a very to me this yeah. has a very twin peaks vibe um it's an isolated town there's there's strange murder now we're going to investigate this murder and um there's supernatural elements you've got a woman who sees dead people who reminded me uh, who is played by uh fiona shaw fiona who shaw, reminded yeah. me of the log lady in twin peaks <laughs> you know oh it just, it, there's a, you know, it just has a lot. I mean, I'm not saying it's exactly like Twin Peaks, but it, cause it doesn't have that David Lynchian weirdness. I mean, it is still somewhat grounded in reality, but um, I mentioned this before we recorded the podcast and then Joey, I'll hand it off to you. This show had me, I mean, I loved episode one. It had me in episode two when they have, and this, this takes place at Christmas and they are <laughs> transporting a series of bodies down the street and Christmas music is playing. And it's like the most macabre um, <laughs> Christmas parade you have ever seen. They had me there. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, speaking of log lady, I just told somebody, even though I only have seen a couple episodes of episodes of twin peaks, I know who log lady is. And I was just like, I think maybe for, Halloween next year, I'm going to dress up as Log Lady and just carry my dog around as a log. That's really cute. I actually bought a friend who was obsessed with Twin Peaks. I bought her a little log pillow because she loves <laughs> That's Twin so Peaks. Funny. They just put a little like little log shirt on him. He'll be fine. He looks so cute. He likes being carried around. Um, I love the show. This is like if it it, it, it was not really a hard sell for me. It's just like True Detective check. Jodie Foster, big ass check. Um, and I like that it's there's such a strangeness to this case. There's a sort of um resistance on her part to look at anything that is not like almost right in front of her. Um, and that's something, anything that maybe like she can't explain, I think in a way she's just sort of like. Well, that can't possibly be it. Like, I like I can't imagine. I kept thinking, what would it be like if she saw the caribou running off the cliff during their audition? This could be Santa's next. <laughs> and if she would just be, I don't know. There's something about, um, and there's something about the way that it draws you in the script is that it draws you in, in, in such like a really, I don't know, American TV audiences really love like, you know, the grizzled, hardened cop, and they've seen it all, and they know everyone in the town. But then in episode two, they take that 
and it's it's more elevated than that. And I'm not saying that's what it is, but that's that's just what American audiences like, I think. And then um, when they really kind of introduce, you know, some of the racist stuff that she says, like to her um, when like her daughter's getting her face painted, or the girl's getting her face painted, and she she calls the I can't remember who, what relation she is to her. She was she calls her something really horrible. Um, like laundromat, like, laundromat grandma her, or something. Yeah, she calls her a laundromat yeah. grandma. I was like, holy crap. Um, I'm so, I, the, the grotesqueness of those dead bodies, like every time they show, like, I know already now that when we figure out what happened to those people, like if they show us what they see, I already know it's going to be like terrifying. Um, it, there, ugh, there's something really uh, <laughs> gross about that. And then um, I like the the dynamic between her and uh, what's his name? Finn. Finn oh, Finn um, Bennett. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Peter Pryor. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I like him because she's she's like sort of a mentor to him, and she's she's trying to, you know, when he's trying to figure something out, she's just like, no, look at it this way. Like, why are no answer this question? No answer that question. I I really. Uh, like that. Um, so it's just sort of like a, a perfect recipe of uh, ingredients for me that's just like, all right, I'm in. It's 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 great so far. <laughs> I really loved that scene where she's, you know, they're 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 reacting to some found evidence or they're trying to yeah. understand. And it, you know, when she was like, "No, think again, ask yeah. different," you know, it reminded me of the the. Uh, the relationship um, that she has with uh, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, it, where she's that is really you know, interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, no, and there's you know, look yeah. closer. <laughs> well, I yeah, also the, didn't. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say I was gonna make a joke that it's just like also I if you are if you guys have a anybody has a hard on of watching Jodie Foster with lots of photographs sprawled out in front of her, this is your show. Because <laughs> it happens uh, at least three times in the two episodes we've seen. Uh, I also didn't realize, I forgot, it's been so long since I watched the first True Detective, and I actually have not gone back to revisit it. Um, but I didn't realize that the spiral thing, the, the, the symbol that is in this is also in the first one. Uh, I forgot about oh. that, which also makes me wonder, you know, if, if Matthew McConaughey's story is linked to um, Jodie Foster's story, maybe this isn't like a you know, kind of um, Clary Starling looking, you know, older, but maybe it's a contact reunion where, where are the contact characters now? (laughs) Okay to go. I'm okay to go. I'm okay to go. I love that movie. That movie is amazing. I'm a contact defender. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I didn't realize that they, these universes might be connected. Well, I'm sure I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I'm sure they're skipping over the second one because nobody understands that one. I need to rewatch that one for at least for the orgy scene that was such a big deal. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the spiral thing is supposed to be connected to the first one. Oh, hmm. that is compelling and very cool. Yeah. Just giving True Detective season two. And there are only six episodes, I think, in this series which also 
it is exciting to me (laughs) (laughs) because it's like, you don't want to stay too long with something like this. And I think that it's already given you, like I saw somebody tweet that like that they, there's so much character development in just that first episode. And I'm like, that's really true because, um, you know, we learn a lot about her without, without it being like, here's my backstory. Like something clearly happened with her son and her husband. Um, and I mean, we don't know all the details yet, but, um, like it's you, you get, you're getting these glimpses of things and you know, she's kind of, you know, stuff's going on with her without, I mean, she's also Jodie Foster. So she can just like, she's so seasoned and so good at like, it's just in her now. You know what I mean? Like she's just, she can do anything and she's, she's amazing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of character development and interesting things going on with, with these characters. I did through like, I think it was just some stupid scene where she's like walking through with um, Kaylee Reese where I was just like, God, I love Jenny Foster. <laughs> I love her so much. Is it Kaylee Reese? Did I say it lot wrong? I'm oh, no, I, I'm probably just saying it. Hold on. Okay. Which I'm, she's really good. I really enjoy yeah, her, I like her, her too. performance. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm less taken with her than I am with Jodie Foster, um, just because I I don't know that it, it's just I I, uh, I don't know. There's just something about her character that I find a little bit off putting. You just don't mm-hmm. believe in people sharing toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not, especially SpongeBob toothbrushes. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, I th- I don't I don't know. It's 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 the difference in a seasoned actress like Jodie Foster who takes someone who is unpleasant and yet finds a way to bring you in through very specific actor choices. And yet there's also uh, Navarro um, who is also unpleasant, but yet for some reason uh, uh, you're kept at a distance with her. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um. But I think they they work really well together. I mean, there's definitely yeah. you know uh, there's there's different uh, chemistry, non sexual chemistry between the two of them. Um, yeah, and I'm I would love I'm I'm all in in terms of exploring their relationship and why they they have animosity towards each other. Yeah, it's just yeah. a very very fascinating series. Yeah, I'm really excited about like. It's it's a great winter series too, I guess, because I've been stuck in the cold the last couple weekends and yeah. snowed in, and so it's kind of fun to watch. Like it's it's a fun show to watch in the winter, I think too. It's fun to watch murder. Yeah, um, it's fun to watch murder. <laughs> Jesus. The one thing I the other thing I will say is I find it a little bit frustrating that it it has in some circles been reduced to you know it's it's woke TV. Um. I find that I to be a really, I have that. definitely heard that. Um, I find that to be a really reductive way of looking at this just because it's two women doesn't make it. And it's, it, it's in a different culture. I mean, I just, I, I guess I just look at, at opportunities like that as of, okay, I don't know anything about Alaska. I don't know anything about the indigenous people there. So that's, it's really interesting, you know, to, to spend an hour of my week there. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't object to that. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm very frustrated with some of those reactions and the audience scores have been lowish. Oh, um, I did see that Issa Lopez had tweeted about like that the, the bros were like tanking the 
tanking the Rotten Tomatoes score or something. Yeah. Um, or she suspected. And then people were like trying and like lots of people were like, Hey, I'm a man and I like this stuff. She's like, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. It wasn't like every man. Like, um, but I, uh, uh that surprised me. Cause I was just kind of like, really? Like this is, I guess it just doesn't, I I'm the same way with you, like the way you are Clarence, where it's just like, Oh, this is interesting. I don't know about this. Like, and I also suspect, okay. So last week, when I had seen the first episode and I tweeted about it and said, it's, you know, it's great to see a conversation oh, yeah. about indigenous women, you know, missing indigenous. We're keeping that conversation going after Alaska daily. And I got uh, banned temporarily from Twitter and I didn't know why. And I'm wondering if it's because I mentioned missing indigenous women or something, or somebody reported it. I have no <laughs> idea, but I was banned temporarily and I had to tell Twitter like, Hey, can you look at this again? And then they were like, oh, okay, you're reinstated. But I was temporarily banned. And I think it was because of that tweet. Really? Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, isn't it weird? Because I'm like, what else? I don't say anything that's like, I don't even, that's not so controversial. But I'm like, that's pretty weird that that was, was right after I tweeted it. It was when the, I got banned. Also, um, maybe someone banned you because you talked about Alaska Daily. <laughs> I'm Alaska <laughs> Daily. <laughs> I am Alaska Daily Defender. I love that show. Oh, oh. I like that beer. <laughs> um, it was it was a net betting, and net betting was really mad. I was like, stop promoting Hillary Swank. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I I think that um, obviously this is a a what we'll call a return to form for true detective so far. Um, and I'm interested to see it is six episodes, by the way, finishes, uh, on February the 18th. There's I think this is going to be exactly. I think this is going to be well received by the television Academy. Now there's a lot of limited series and contention this year, uh, a lot that we haven't seen coming up yet, which I still haven't figured out whether or not, um, I don't know if, if Megan, you picked up on this under Joey and I talked about it, but there's, um, a new Ripley series that's coming yes, out. Yes. Yes. I did see that. Megan and knows so, how obsessed I was with talented Mr. Ripley. Like, I love that. You were movie. so obsessed or upset? Obsessed. I was so obsessed okay. with the, the, yeah, he was. Uh, Miguel okay. and Mimi. So obsessed. I love that film. Um, I've never seen it. <gasps> oh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. That's, that's nice. It's really cool. It's so um, <laughs> But uh, with Ripley, which Andrew Scott plays Ripley, I um I don't we we're very unclear as to whether or not that's going to be a drama series or a limited series because it has been advertised as both. But mm. um, so far I think True Detective is the best thing we've seen. Um, again, I can't I I can't compare it yet because we've only seen two episodes. But I I, yeah. I, I, th I think people will the Academy is going to broadly support it, particularly with Jodie Foster behind it. I agree. Oh yeah, totally. Excellent. Um, so we'll, in about a month, we'll come back to this and say, Hey, this was great. Or no, this really went off the rails. A la true detective season two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I really want, um, <laughs> I want, uh, Oh, what's his face? Um, Oh, hold on. Talk Vince amongst Vaughn? yourselves. Colin Farrell. No. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Yes, Vaughn, um, Vince Vaughn. I really want Vince Vaughn to come stumbling in out of the snow. <laughs> the I'd way love that, he that. 
stumbled in into the desert. <laughs> he just kept right on walking. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> wild. That I I do want to rewatch that just because it had such like it had all these good elements that just didn't fit. Like the acting was great. Rachel McAdams yeah. was great. Taylor Kitsch, like it was all good, but it just didn't quite work. And uh, even like Kelly Riley, I think that's where like that was a breakout kind of for her. And mm-hmm. now she's like huge on Yellowstone. And um, yeah. It was really weird. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else on uh, True Detective Night Country? Now. Yeah. All right. Joey would say now. Yeah. Jessica Brie. Let's jump to the flash forward to the television or media that we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And Joey, we'll start with you. And we'll give our to the Oscar nomination tomorrow. Um, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, the little theater near my house is doing a 35 millimeter screening of the original of 19, not the original, the first Tim Burton Batman. Oh. Um, because if you can believe it, this is the 35th anniversary of Batman. I can believe it, yeah. And I'm going to hurt someone. They're doing these, this little art house theater does like a bunch of little, they have all these different series and stuff. And so they do like, you know, uh, 35 millimeter screenings or like, you know, updated 4K screenings. So they're, I'm really tempted to do a double feature of uh, Batman from 1989. And then also I can make right after it, I can make um, a director's cut screening of Zodiac. Ooh. Wow. Um, but Zodiac scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah. So um, I'm a little scared to see it again in a theater, but that's such a, ugh, that's a fucking great movie. Um, but there's also, um, you know, a lot of other stuff. I want to rewatch like uh, American fiction again. Um, I still haven't watched origin. I have a screener for it. I still have to watch it. Um, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. So excited for the Oscar nomination. They come out tomorrow. <laughs> Megan, and you have to talk like that. Um, oh my God. So, <laughs> uh, also excited wow. about the Oscar. <laughs> Also excited about the Oscar nominations. Um, I'm also so I'm, I'm Sundance is happening right now, but because I'm doing it virtually, none of the movies start until like Wednesday, I think for me. So I'm waiting on some of them. Although I just did get a screener from for a, a film. Um, I'm doing a lot of docs this year, which I'm excited about. You um, docs? I know me both both things. Uh, you know, what else is coming out that I I do need to watch Origin. I finally brought my DVD player down so I can uh, plug it in and, and set it up. Um, and uh, also, I want to plug, I, I, I talked to uh, Paul Shear um, about his, he's on Night Court this week. And um, so I have an interview that's coming out uh, probably Tuesday night. But he also has a memoir coming out called Joyful Recollections of Trauma that uh, I just pre-ordered and I'm really excited about it. And Joey, you should pre-order it too, I feel like. I love but Paul Shearer. I interviewed I know him you, for Black I Monday. I know you did, yeah. It's and um, So uh, I, I just pre-ordered that. And once I once the weather breaks, I'll be able to start listening to my books again because I just haven't been had a chance to do it. But 
uh, that's about it, I think. Well, um, gosh, I you guys stole my thunder because I also am excited about the Oscar nominations. Particularly, <laughs> um, you also have to talk like that. Okay, well, I need to watch some things that I haven't watched yet, like uh, <laughs> Origin or Ferrari, but only if they get Oscar nominations because that's the only <laughs> thing that matters. Um. So, uh, yeah, I, I do, I, I, I don't enjoy when people get sort of lambasted on X Twitter. Um, but there was one particular person who I do find a little bit annoying who tweeted a review of a film that this person caught at Sundance and was like, Oh, uh, I can't remember who the actress was that was in it, but it was, Oh, uh, Sir Sharonan. It was like, um, I don't oh, know if, God. you know, I, it, this might be the year Sir Sharonan wins best actress in it. <laughs> like, so many people like subtweeted this person and screenshot tweeted basically like if the first thing you say about a film when you see it is it's Oscar chances, then you're not really there to see a good film. You're there to to do Oscar stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> I found that kind of funny. I thought um, that was funny too. Yeah. And that particular person kind of a little bit deserves it. I mean, I don't want to see people be upset, but that person is a little bit, I find a little bit annoying. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, enough about that. Um, I'm continuing my rewatch of 30 Rock. What, oh, season, what season are you on? Oh, I'm still on uh, season one. <laughs> it's, I lost momentum when I went to LA. And uh, 22 episodes is a lot. Like, I just blew through uh, V mm-hmm. because it was only 10. But, um, God, I can't. You know, we were so... Sp- we were so spoiled with television back when they were like 23 and 22 episodes a season. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it's, you can definitely see it's fun to watch a show that you know is going to be great, find its footing within its first season. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I don't remember what, what the last episode I watched was. I think it was, um, they had introduced, Isabella Rossellini as his uh, Oh, ex-wife. I love her. Yes. My big beef and cheddar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll take the <laughs> close down the Arby's outside of Telluride. <laughs> they will hate you, Jack. The local economy will be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so random and wonderful. Um, I also have been watching, I've been picking up on my 2024 screeners. I have watched... 30 minutes of one show and I have decided that show is not for me and therefore I will never watch it again. <laughs> and uh, I have been watching, um, I have an end to three episodes of a show that I don't think we can talk about it yet. So I'm not going to, but I will just say it's, it's interesting to watch a show try so hard not to be the thing that is its nature. Oh, and I'll I'm just so intrigued. I'll leave that out there. I'll tell you guys after we stop recording. But uh it's a show that desperately, I'll just say this, it's a show that desperately wants to pretend that it's not camp. And it is literally the campiest thing I've ever seen. Mm. Um, mm-hmm, there we go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll talk about it. I think we can talk about it next week maybe. Um, so I will continue watching that. And, uh, I am like you, Megan, I am, it's, it's been cold outside. It's been raining. I've been traveling. I've been sick. So I haven't been outside and done a lot of walking. So not much books for me, but I do have, um, I do have a book ready to go when I decide to venture outside again. 
um, and it is Hell House by Richard Matheson. Ooh. Because I, I read a haunted house book, and I've been getting into like this this whole haunted house genre. So there we go. Oh, I saw that. I just saw that in a bookstore. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Burn. honor. All right. Uh, so does that cover it? Fucking yeah. <laughs> All right. Let us get the hell out of here. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy, thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Awards Daily and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow and happy Oscar nominations day. Oh my God. Oh my God, it's so wonderful. Bye.